0: Kiara Butler was reading a goodnight story to her stepson when the unthinkable happened. Her boyfriend and the father of her baby daughter attacked her out of nowhere, killing her in their own home. Her boyfriend claims he did it because of voodoo, but what is the real story? Today we take a deep dive into the life and death of Kiara Butler and try to answer these questions. This is Bad Axe Podcast. <laughs> And welcome to Bad Axe Podcast. I'm your host, Danielle Blinka, and this is our co-host. Hey, I'm Aaron. We're talking about a story today that occurred in Winter Haven, Florida.
1: Nice. That sounds cool.
0: It definitely sounds like a great area to live in, but it's not going to be so hot for our couple today. The story we're going to discuss has a very dark element in it. It's about voodoo.
1: Oh, okay. I see.
0: Except for not really
1: right voodoo is like the excuse
0: voodoo is the murder excuse that's what makes mm. it dark if it were real voodoo if it were real voodoo it would be super cool that's true but it's fake lie voodoo of course because that's what we talk about on this podcast <laughs> is jerks that try to use the supernatural half the time to explain away murder yep it's february 17th 2018 And 32-year-old Kiara Butler is reading a story to her boyfriend's three-year-old son in the home the family shared in Winter Haven, Florida. Her boyfriend lay on the bed nearby. It was a scene that plays out nightly in homes across the world. Butler had no idea that moments later she'd die at her boyfriend's hands. Butler lived in a cozy home with her boyfriend DeAndre Coffer, aged 22 at the time of the crime. Coffers three-year-old son from a prior relationship and the couple's six-week-old baby girl rounded out their small family. Kiara and DeAndre had been dating since January 31, 2016, so they'd just celebrated their two-year anniversary. On the night of February 17th, they're probably feeling super cozy because they've just celebrated Valentine's Day. They have their new baby. Their new family is coming together so nicely.
1: Yeah, it sounds like things are going well for them.
0: But for some reason, this book starts a fight between the couple. Really? According to DeAndre Coffer, he looked over at the book that Kiara was reading his three-year-old and realized that the book was about voodoo. Okay. He also says that the book included monsters that scared the boy.
1: I'm not sure how Mm -hmm. well I believe that.
0: Well, according to him, he sees this book and decides that it's completely inappropriate and that he needs to protect his child from these voodoo curses.
1: Okay, this is getting more, less and less believable here.
0: Yeah, so at that point, Coffer. says says that he told his son to leave the room and he confronted Kiara about the story. He says that Kiara became extremely upset and she looked at him as though she, quote, wanted to kill him, unquote. At that point, he claims that she lunged at him and tried to hurt him.
1: Yeah, that's total bullshit.
0: Oh, I definitely agree that it's bullshit. He says in response to her lunging that he felt threatened And that he needed to self-defend himself. Really? Yes, that is how he portrays this story. So, he attacks Butler in response and begins beating and choking her.
1: Right, because that's what you do when you're defending yourself.
0: Mm -hmm. According to statements that DeAndre Coffer made after the crime, he actually lost count of how many times he hit Kiara. But he does admit to continuing the assault until he thought she was unconscious sometime after the attack, DeAndre called 911 and claimed he didn't know if Kiara was alive or dead. According to reports, during that 911 call, he actually said that Kiara attacked him and that she was evil and had been trying to do voodoo on his children.
1: Yeah, this is all bullshit.
0: The 911 operator also shared some of their experiences during the call, and according to reports, they claimed that they heard a slap during the 911 call.
1: Jesus, he's hitting her while he's calling yes. 911? Yes.
0: After this alleged slap, the 911 call operator heard Coffer say, quote, get your ass up, unquote, and, quote, I had to do it, unquote. Jesus. Yes. Very, very, very strange. So, after making this 911 call, he eventually hangs up and he grabs his two children and goes to a neighbor's house. When the cops arrive, they notice right away that Coffer's right knuckles are totally bloodied up, so they transport him to the Bartow Regional Medical Center for treatment. While at the hospital, doctors documented that these battered knuckles were Coffer's only injury, so police detained him and took him to the Polk County Jail. It's important to note that that was his only injury, specifically because he claimed that he beat her to death in self defense.
1: Yeah, and if you were defending yourself, you would have defensive wounds, right?
0: Yeah, and he has yeah. nothing like that at all. All he has are the wounds from the actual assault that he did.
1: Yeah, exactly.
0: As they're questioning Koffer about this crime, he continues to claim that this voodoo incident happened, that he caught her reading the voodoo book, she looked angrily at him, and then she attacked him. Okay, so the police are actually doing a thorough job because they go to the house to look for signs of any sort of voodoo books, voodoo paraphernalia, voodoo curses, anything like that.
1: Right, which is good. It's good for them to be thorough.
0: Yeah, it's definitely good to be thorough. Not that that excuses any of it, because she could have infinity voodoo books and that wouldn't give him the right to kill her. Absolutely. Okay, but they're able to find absolutely zero books, period, about voodoo.
1: Yeah, that's even more suspicious.
0: Yeah, and it's also important to note that they looked for anything that looked remotely suspicious when it came to books. So, like, any kind of monster, even if it was, like, a cutesy monster, any single thing that could possibly have matched what he saw, they looked for and found nothing. Wow. So, prosecutors had initially charged Koffer with second-degree murder, but he pleaded not guilty by reason of insanity. If convicted, he faced a life sentence as the state had decided not to seek the death penalty. Although Koffer claims he had no control over his actions, prosecutors argued that he knew exactly what he was doing. And they say an argument over the book is what triggered Koffer's actions, but that the murder was intentional. Now you're probably thinking, how do they assume that there was an actual argument over the book when they can't find any sort of voodoo books?
1: That is a good question.
0: Well, the police had a bit of a different opinion about how that argument started. Based on their investigation, they believe that DeAndre actually became upset because Kiara corrected his son while she was reading. Now, it's not clear if they meant that she corrected his behavior, like as if he were acting up and she told him to not do that, or if he was trying to read with her and she corrected a mispronunciation of a word right that's unclear but they claim that he became so enraged that she would have the audacity to correct his son that that's why he actually became upset and sent the boy out of the room.
1: Yeah, that's a much more plausible explanation than this whole voodoo mess.
0: Oh, 100%. 100%. So, at his 2019 trial, Assistant State Attorney Bond Johnson put forth this argument that the murder had to do with this whole correction incident. But Coffers Public and Defenders claimed that he actually feared for his life and thought that he was, quote, fighting a demon, unquote.
1: Oh, good lord.
0: Yeah. Obviously, we know that people have delusions. Sometimes, especially with schizophrenia, which is so serious, people do sometimes think there are demons in their lives and that people they know are demons... Or that they themselves are a demon. Or maybe they're an avenging angel. But in those situations, there's usually some sort of lead up to them suddenly murdering the person. And in this case, it does seem strange that he leaps straight to that argument.
1: Yeah, exactly. Like with no signs of, of mental issues leading up to that. Plus, that 911 call really doesn't go with that mm-hmm. defense at all. Where mm-hmm. he's slapping her and like clearly yes. saying like, you made me do this. Like that sounds much more like an abusive exactly. boyfriend. Exactly. In the you know? get up
0: thing. That yeah. really stood out to me too because him slapping her and then telling her to get up that's not something you say if you thought that you were slaying a demon it, that's something you say when you murdered your girlfriend because you're abusive and then you f- realized you fucked up
1: exactly like that it doesn't sound like something you do and if you were defending yourself either
0: no and no you don't because i mean if you're defending yourself and they're down and they're unconscious even if you think they're faking it somehow you leave yeah you you run run away away. exactly Mm -hmm. because that's your whole goal you're afraid you want to go somewhere Mm -hmm. and so it does not make sense that he would try to get her to get back up after she was down if that's what was happening in either of these scenarios
1: yeah exactly
0: so the public defenders really needed to back up this argument, obviously, because it's a hard one to sell. Yep. So they called a psychologist to testify on behalf of Koffer, hoping to convince the jury that he did not know what he was doing at the time of the murder. According to court testimony, Coffer strangled Butler for at least two to three minutes as he assaulted her. So he was literally hitting and strangling her at various points. At the same time.
1: Jesus, that's brutal.
0: Yes. And based on this timeline, prosecutors argued that Koffer had time to form intent to kill Butler. So they asked the jury to convict him of first-degree murder.
1: I think that makes sense. I mean, if you're going to strangle somebody that long... At some Mm -hmm. point, you're making a choice, right?
0: Definitely. Because, I mean,
1: like, it takes a while to strangle somebody and kill them.
0: It really does. I feel like that's one of the biggest takeaways if you actually listen to true crime. Is that so many of these idiot murderers try to say that they accidentally strangled someone. Like, oh, I grabbed her throat for a second and then she was strangled. No. You have to cut someone's airways off for at least a few minutes in order for them to die from that cause. And so, if you've strangled someone, there's no way that you did it on accident unless maybe you were having some sort of, like, sex game that went wrong. Right. And also, I, I'm not giving permission to those people that try to use that excuse because we know they exist. But in this case, this is not that at all. We know that's not what's happening. Yep. He's just tr- being a dumbass and trying to act like he barely did anything and she just died. Exactly. And I think we see that all too often, especially with partner violence, when men lose their their temper and then assault their girlfriend or wife or friend or whoever it is and squeeze the life out of them literally with their hands or with a garrote of some sort and then try to act like it was an accident, like they barely touched her. Or, oh, I accidentally hit her in the throat and then she suffocated. No, bitch. You strangled her.
1: Exactly. Yeah,
0: don't try to lie to us.
1: Right, exactly.
0: And I don't completely agree with the prosecutor that... Strangle like the time period of strangulation is necessarily the time to form intent maybe it is maybe it's not I think that's up to the jury really but at the same time I do agree that that's definitely a murder not just you oopsied
1: yeah exactly it's 100% murder
0: after deliberating for three hours, the jury agreed with the prosecutor and us and convicted Koffer of first-degree murder, rejecting his insanity plea. He received an automatic sentence of life in prison. Koffer stated at his sentencing that he plans to appeal the verdict. According to reporting by Susie Shuttlecott, Koffer said after the verdict, quote, I think God is still going to take care of me wherever I go. Out of love, not for me, but for Kiara. At least let my mom and my family get the relationship with my children. Other than that, that's all I have. As it turns out, Kiara's family and DeAndre's family did connect after this crime. And it seems like they have a pretty good bond going. The kids definitely have both sets of grandparents in their life, which is I think all you can hope for at this point.
1: Yeah, I think that's the best case for them, probably.
0: Yeah, because these kids need to know each other and to know the love they still have. Because according to reports, these families were both very loving families. This isn't like any kind of issue where they were having a lot of family strife at all. It seems like the murder came out of nowhere. Yeah. Now, I know there's not as much stuff about Kiara's murder as other crimes out there but I still think it's important to highlight the different ways that people are succumbing to partner violence. And this is certainly what happened with her. And I think a lot of these people that harm their partners have really, I don't want to say good as in like beneficial, but they have credible seeming excuses to harm their partner. And in this case, he just went with voodoo, which obviously did not work.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. With yeah. You. I mean, it's, As it's a group. Bullshit. Yeah.
0: yeah. So when someone in your life starts making some kind of bullshit excuse, we need to start calling them on it.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean,
0: unless you're the one who's in danger, and then definitely just tell someone, do not call them <laughs> Don't call <laughs> them out on it then. Yes. One thing that came out of this whole case that's completely unrelated is how many people in Florida are victims of voodoo related crimes? Really? Yeah. So, strangely enough, as I was researching this, I found a lot of other cases where people shot someone and then told the police that the reason why they shot that person is because they had put a voodoo curse on them.
1: Really? That is surprising.
0: Yes. And so, instead of trying to get, like, a candle or some kind of hex remover thing they just went straight to murder with the hopes of breaking the voodoo curse by murdering that person.
1: Yeah, from what I know from TV and movies, I don't yes. think that breaks voodoo curses.
0: No, it does not. Uh, not at all. And <laughs> I, as someone like, I've been in a couple of like voodoo shops. I have some voodoo candles actually in the house that I bought from someone who made them. And I have literally never heard of anyone saying that somehow killing the person who cursed you can make that curse go away. It's not like a vampire thing where, like, the person who created all the vampires below them, like, oh, you kill the top vampire, everyone just, like, dies. Like, all the things they created die. That's not how that works in Voodoo, I don't think. Right. I mean, I could be wrong. I'm not a practitioner, so maybe, but it seems like no.
1: Yeah, it seems unlikely.
0: And it makes me wonder if it's like this case where people may are just using it as an excuse.
1: Yeah, I think that's exactly what it is.
0: I, it's just such a weird excuse, like a Florida thing. Because I did notice that most of these cases were in Florida. And there was some diversity in the people who were doing it too. So I don't know if maybe there's a lot of voodoo shops or voodoo presence in Florida. Like what's going on with that? Yeah. But it's certainly becoming quite the murder excuse over there.
1: Yeah, hopefully it's not working.
0: Um, I hope so. I don't get the impression that the cops and juries are, are just rubber stamping approval
1: <laughs> on these voodoo murders.
0: So I don't think it's the right way to go with that.
1: Yeah.
0: I'm um, pretty sure.
1: Yeah, the cops are getting pretty tired of this voodoo shit. I'm, I'm sure
0: they are. They probably have a whole department that just handles all these things.
1: are like, oh, it's another yeah. voodoo murder. Where
0: he comes in and they're like, why did you shoot this person? Oh, he cursed me. He cursed me. And then they call in the detective. like, oh, this is one of Steve's cases. (laughs) We'll call him in here. Make him handle the voodoo case. Right. I don't know. But this just really caught my eye because of all that. I I do want to at some point do uh, an episode just on some of these voodoo shootings. But I think that might end up being like a bonus or something. I I just I don't want to like overwhelm people with voodoo cases.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: Well, that is the end of this story. It was short, not so sweet. There was not as much information about this case as some of the other cases. If you enjoyed this episode, please keep listening. Also, you can like and subscribe. And if you want to, leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd really appreciate it. You can find us on social media at Bad Axe Pod. We're super active on Instagram and would love to connect. We also have a Patreon on patreon.com at backslash Bad Pod where we have exclusive content. And you can support the show by buying us a coffee on buymeacoffee.com backslash pod. If you want to send us some feedback or maybe some suggestions or notes on the show, you can connect with us at badaxepod at gmail.com. And of course, we have a website and I'm pretty sure you can figure out the address because everything is badaxpod.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: All right, we will see you again next episode. Have a terrific week and bye-bye. Bye.